it's now time for an in-depth look dedicated to all things pertaining to the New York Red Bulls, tackling all of the latest news and happenings both on and off the pitch. This is the Fall of Bulls Podcast. The Red Bulls saw their unbeaten streak end in Foxborough to the revolution, but did rebound to throttle NYCFC 4-0 in the U.S. Open Cup. Now the Red Bulls traveled to Columbus for possibly the final time to battle the crew. Hi everyone, welcome once again to the Full Bulls Podcast alongside Alfredo Famasas and Cristiano Oliveira. Hey Chris, how you doing? I am Mike Corbett talking all things affiliated with the New York Red Bulls. Follow us on our Twitter page at FOBS Podcast, on Instagram at Full of Bulls, and find us on Facebook, subscribe on iTunes. Uh, we got a lot to get into with this um this podcast, guys, Alfredo, Cristiano, how you guys doing tonight? We're, we're, we're doing this a little bit late in the week just because other uh, stuff that came up. We had the U.S. Open Cup game when we normally record on Wednesday, so we couldn't do that. Last night was just very hectic. We couldn't do it. So we thought we were piecing this together. So if you're listening to it, you might be listening to it on, on your way out to Columbus or you're driving around or maybe for the, the Belmont Stakes as you're preparing for that. But Alfredo, Cristiano, how you guys doing tonight? It's uh, now the third time you ask me how I'm doing. You're going to give me an opportunity to answer or you're going to keep rambling? All right, moving on here. All right, the Red Bulls had their uh, unbeaten streak. What's no, going on? Wait, I'm, I'm just – Normally I'm, you always like to jump in, Chris. You know, you always like, hey, what's going on? Hey, look at these great chicken fingers. So what's up? I, I'm, ex- been on one. <laughs> I'm excited that Cristiano is here, man, period. Yeah. Let's oh, take yeah. it from there. Thrilling, thrilling, sensational. <laughs> Tell us about your great ride today on the Bell Parkway, one of the oh, finest man. roadways in America, right? One of my favorite things to do. That's not a highway, man. It's a parking lot. It is. <laughs> By the time you were sitting there, you probably wanted to go jump off the Verrazano if it's in traffic that long. I did, but now with all this mental health problems going around the world, Mike, I'm not sure that's a good joke. You know what I mean, <laughs> Mike? Come on. <laughs> really? You're going to go there? <laughs> Are you triggered already? What's going on, guys? All right. Glad to be back. Well, that's good. It's good to have you back. Right. You know, we get, there's, there's still a lot going on. You know, the, all the European leagues are done. We're getting into the real stuff now. MLS, you know, and, you know, some silly little tournament starting up next week. But, you know, we're here talking about the Red Bulls. And we did see this past Saturday the Red Bulls, the unbeaten streak that they had ended up in Foxborough, a place where they haven't played too well. They played there well of late, but um, they did see their five-game unbeaten streak end. They fell 2-1 to one to the New England Revolution. It's their first loss since April 21st, that game uh, against Chicago at Red Bull Arena by the same scoreline. Red Bulls were without Tyle Adams, Tim Parker, who were over in Dublin at the same time playing with the U.S. men's team against Ireland. And Mario and Escobar, they're off with Panama now. Good luck to them at the World Cup. It started pretty well for the Red Bulls in the eighth minute. Bradley Wright Phillips had a header off uh, across from Sean Davis. For his ninth goal of the MLS season, had a few other opportunities possibly to build upon the lead. The first half didn't, and the Revs uh, punished him. They got a crucial goal at the end of the first half. Uh, Fagundes, he scored a nice strike, but it was just sort of a breakdown off a, a throw-in. And then Teal Bunbury had the winner in the 78th minute with um, put one off uh, into the open net from uh, Christian Pania. And that was it. So now with the loss, the Red Bulls sit in fourth place. They lost an opportunity to move up in the standings. They're 22 points after 12 games, losing ground on all three teams ahead of them in the standings, including one of them, the Columbus Crew. We'll talk about here in a little bit later as that's their next opponent. All right. So the match itself, um, you know, Alfredo, we don't want to cry for the Red Bulls because many MLS teams have call-ups. 
especially during this time of the year, during the summer season when there are international clubs. But just looking at this match, how it, it just went about up in Foxborough, just how much it really cost them not having guys like Adams, Parker, and Murillo out on, on the, the field turf there at Gillette Stadium. Well, I, look, I, for me, the biggest absence has to be Parker because of uh, the solidity that he's provided this back line. Uh, the, the Red Bulls have shut, shut down a lot of uh, prominent attacks in the teams that they have faced, and Parker has proved to be that consistent performance. So I think that out of all the players that they could have missed, they probably missed Parker the most. I think that um, seeing, you know, the guys that have come in and, and and replaced Tyler Adams in this lineup, and I know that Tyler Adams is a, an exceptional talent, I think that the Red Bulls have guys that can fill in for Tyler Adams and not miss a beat. Zaskowski is one. Uh, uh, Bezencourt is another one. I think those two guys can come in and, and fill in for Tyler Adams. But the biggest thing here is Jesse Marsh changing the formation. And I think that I'm not really sure what was the reason behind it. Maybe he's trying something out. But Jesse Marsh changing the, the formation was something that really stood out to me. And, and perhaps the reason why the Red Bulls struggled so much in that first half. Of course, they get a goal inside the first 15 minutes. They are the team that leads the league in goals and the most goals scored inside the 15 minutes. Uh, but they really couldn't put through uh, the rest of the effort to finish out the game and let the, the Revs get back into the, into the game and, and win the game ultimately. It is interesting you did talk about with the the changing of the formation because we did talk about it last week where the uh, the revolution almost had the same style as the Red Bulls where they just come at you they 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 constantly play uh, you play under pressure with you they're a physical team and they they try to play direct at you so you wonder if that had a little bit into the the decision making maybe why you're trying to yeah. change things up obviously missing some guys as well yeah look, the, the, go ahead Chris I've I've been covering the Red Bulls since like 08. And every single year since 08, I've asked the same question over and over multiple times a year. And I always get the same dull answer. And I'm gonna, going to keep to ask the same question until I get an answer um, that, I, that I like or that I agree with. And that question that you guys might be wondering what it is, is the following. Why in hell does the MLS not break when there are international matches? I understand they're more on a summer schedule, yada, 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 yada. But I don't understand how coaches are not up in arms with this BS that's been happening around the league for years now of missing key players. We're talking about international players. So we're not talking about bench warmers here. We're talking about guys who are key players on MLS rosters up and down and across the league, okay? That being said, you might miss the playoffs because of a dull draw in May. You might miss the playoffs by a game because you're missing three or four or five key players that were representing whatever it is, whatever national team that they come from, and yet you're playing the game with half of your you well, know, starting 11. I don't understand what the hell is going to to need to change Here's the thing. First of all, this, this past weekend, though, was that even really an official international window since no. most of those seasons are over? So there's nothing – technically, still the teams don't have, to, though, don't have to release their players for that one. They just do it anyway. And when it comes to you know situations like the World Cup, uh, you know it's tough for them to be able – 
to shut down a whole league when most of the players in the league aren't necessarily playing in the World Cup either. So that's the other situations. They do, Mike, they do, they do stop. They do stop things for two weeks, and then you're talking about having to shut down a whole month. I didn't for the World Cup. Did you hear me say? Did you hear me talk about shutting down a whole month? I'm talking about these international breaks. Usually, MLS players are out by the second week anyway. Most of these teams don't advance, but that's another story for another day. Right, Uh, but that's that's a story. I mean, that's that's a league story. It's not necessarily a story with with the Red Bulls right now because it's talking about the Red Bulls. But I did say the teams are missing players too, so that's something that all the teams have to. To, to get over. It's, and, it's just the league what, the way what, it is. People know about it heading into the league. That That's the way it is. Okay. I thought I made that pretty clear when I was talking. I just, I guess the part you missed was, uh, I guess it's, uh, the part you missed was when I said, I don't understand why coaches across the league. I didn't say Jesse Marsh. I said coaches. I know, but the all the coaches, getting, aren't they the coaches coming into MLS know what they're signing Mike, up. Mike, the MLS, just like any other league around the world, right? is a league that's based on results. Coaches get fired and hired based on results. Right. You understand? I might lose and my they job. Know that heading into this league, what okay, might it's happen? The, it's the, it, I don't care what they know. I'm still surprised more coaches don't bitch and complain. That's it. Let's move on. I, I just don't understand what that has to do with this podcast, but okay. What it has to do with this podcast is that the Red Bulls were missing some key players in a game. and a, that yeah, Everyone's missing key players. Oh, my God. Here he goes with the everyone. Let's just keep going, guys. You're not. You're not. I must be speaking Chinese or Portuguese because you don't understand. Well, I don't Let's understand go. because that's on. not on. That's not on the show sheet. It's not that we're talking about with players missing for international breaks. But you know, you know, whatever. All right, you know. Okay, Mike. I apologize, <sighs> listeners. I I fumbled this. I I don't I don't even know what to say. Let's go. Let's move on, Mike. Let's go next topic. All right. Alfredo, just one of the guys we were talking about <laughs> uh, earlier before the podcast. Um, for both the goals that New England scored, one of the guys who did get caught, not saying that it was, he's the only one that was caught, but it seemed like he was a bit taken advantage of Connor Lee. And he's been with the Red Bulls, you know, quite some time now. And, you know, he got really caught bad for both, both the goals and just obviously Guys are missing, and you know, factor the way the Red Bulls factor in a lot of young guys from their academy system, from Red Bull Two, and some of the other guys that they're being mentioned for. Um, the guy we talked about from uh, France a few weeks ago that was in training and stuff like that. So they're talking about possibly bringing in other options on defense. Just how much longer do you think uh, you know Conale it has with the Red Bulls? Well, the the thing is that I think that the, when teams make up their their game plan uh, and they see that there's a possibility that kind of later is going to be on the left or on the right, that automatically or even in game adjustments, teams uh, focus on attacking that side. Obviously, uh, Connor Lee for for some of the the speed that he may have uh, has small stature. So he's going to get beat on long balls. He's going to get beat on, on head balls. Uh, he's also a kid. Okay. He's the guy that, um, that has, ha- has gone through some injuries. So he hasn't been able to, to really be at his, at his peak uh, physical fitness, what, whatever uh and i'm not making for for excuses for kind of late but at this point he's really one of the weakest links of this team and i think that when teams are looking at this red bull team they look at connor late and they see where the weak link is and are going to try to attack now you got the throw in that was on his side he kind of got juked 
uh, he got beat with some movement. Uh, then on a second goal, he got beat in the second post. And look, it's just the, the nature of, his, of it. And apparently Jesse Marsh uh, has um, confidence in Connor Lade and what he can bring. And he continues to to go with Connor Lade. Uh, to me, Connor Lade is a big, um, big, big uh, weak spot for this Red Bull defense. Uh, and I think that the Red Bulls need to do something about it. Yeah, I mean, the dude has – he needs to be commended for putting out the work that he does, the work rate he does week in, week out. He's, you know, pound for pound. He's right there as, as tough as anyone across the league. I mean, a guy uh, puts in a shift week in, week out. That being said, this one particular game, I mean, it was a game that I think Connor wants to forget. Um, it was just – it was a bad game for him, but hopefully he'll rebound here on his next opportunity and – you know, it, some players make, you know, they have their hiccups throughout the season. And hopefully Connor is able to straighten this out. But it was not a good day for him that day. Yeah. He's had the injuries in the past. And he's not a big guy to begin with. He, he's one of the smaller guys you're going to see in the league. So you just wonder, just the way the league has changed throughout the years, too. You just wonder. It's not just with the Red Bulls, just anywhere in MLS. It's just tough to really see him hanging on. Uh, that much longer in the league yeah 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 it's it's tough and uh especially you know we and we saw against uh against nyc uh new york uh, debuted uh a, a new uh right back uh and this is a, a guy to me that uh that could very well fight connor late for this position i don't know man sal zizzo was able to make a career out of the mls <laughs> He still is. Kind of late might be able to latch on to somebody. I mean, the guy, look, he's a pro. Guys seem to like him in the locker room. And as I said earlier, he goes out there, gives it his best. And that's all you could ask of players is when you're out on the field, give it your best and we'll see what comes of it. Yeah, but I'm saying maybe his future might lie in somewhere in the USL. Not necessarily with Red Bull too, but maybe with one of the independent teams in USL. Yeah, but he's still young enough. He still could play, but... It's just, it's just maybe, um, just maybe a little over his head right now with MLS. All right. Well, following the loss to the New England Revolution, they were able to get the the t bad taste out of their mouth a few days later, where they at back at home in the U.S. Open Cup against NYCFC, and much like the game earlier this year at Red Bull Arena and MLS play, the Red Bulls came out on top for nothing. And it was almost the same thing. Once again, they score early, right? You know, two minutes into the match, they score. Bazencourt had the, the goal. And here's the thing. And you talked about it, Alfredo, just with some of the young guys and bringing into it. I know you wanted to get a little bit more because you were there at the game. Eight of the 11 starters for the Red Bulls Wednesday night against NYCFC have either played with Red Bull 2 this season or they came up through the system, Red Bull system, playing with that team. And just how huge it is being able to have those guys and incorporate them pretty much, Alfredo, into the same type of play in the same system with the parent club. Yeah, look, it, it, it's very important. And uh, the the post game presser Jesse Marsh stated uh, and emphatically that he has no doubt that the Red Bulls are at the forefront of player development in the U.S. And 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 I I think I have to agree with him. I think I have to agree with him. And the numbers speak for themselves. Now, in a competition like the U.S. Open Cup, where there's a, a prerequisite of play, 
players that need to play or, or players that can't play. There's a number of limited foreigners. The Red Bulls can tap into these homegrown players that have been getting play in RB2 to come in and be able to play at the same level, not that at the same level, but the, with the same game rhythm. Uh, on the reverse side, Patrick Vieira was lamenting that that NYCFC does not have a, a, a USL team. And as a result, the young players that he had to play in this game because he couldn't use his international stars were a couple levels down from the Red Bull players. So that it's it's a huge difference, and especially when you have when you model your USL team uh, at, uh, uh, with the same tactics as the main transition is going to be very smooth. You identify the talent, you promote them, you bring them up to train with the main team, and you see you know you see what 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 happens. Um, the Red Bulls, we were all concerned. Who are the Red Bulls going to play at at? at uh, right back, Kyle Duncan is out with an ACL. Uh, Mauricio went to the World Cup. Connor Lade is is spotty and has been injured. But now here they are. They 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 just debuted this kid, Ethan Cutler. And watching this kid, this is a kid that stepped on the field playing against uh, uh, NYC in a derby, and he didn't look nervous at all. He had some very good touches, and he's a very good candidate to start at right back for for the Red Bulls in the coming months. Look, here's one thing that's clear. The Red Bulls are clearly better than the NYCFC's starting 11 or their B team. So it's by a combined score of 8-0. So fantastic job by the Red Bulls. And I love to see these spankings every time the Red Bulls put it on the blue team. Actually, you were with us after the the, the first time. Uh, so I want to ask you this, uh, Chris. With the, the first 4-0 victory this year in MLS play, would you find that one, I know we're going a little off top, but would you find that victory more impressive than the 7-0 one two years ago? Just figuring how far NYCFC have come from that game, that 7-0 game, to, to the team that they are now and the expectations with that team. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. I would say this one in May, May 4th or 6th or whatever it was, I, I think that's more impressive. And I understand you could come at me with the fact that that 7-0 victory uh, was on the road was at NYCFC's home uh, home field or or the Yankees' field, home yeah. field yeah. Uh, where they rent out space exactly. Um, and you know, I mean, for the fans, I think it was much more enjoyable to go into their own ground and and slap them around like that. But as far as on the field and more impressive, I think this one was because this is a, a, a an NYFC team that's become a much better team over the years a team that was what in the conference finals last year from numbers or were they even in the finals i don't even remember no conference. Nah, they got knocked out in uh, the semifinal oh okay that's what i meant to say the semifinal yeah um but the team that has gotten better overall i think patrick Vieira has done a good job he's brought in some some very good players so all things being equal um to me the may 4th or 6th i know it was early may that 4-0 victory was may uh, 5th it was a uh... Awesome. Exactly. I was right in the middle. Um, that game to me was more impressive. And so the Red Bulls is, you know, a team that have applied their brand of football. And it doesn't matter who they play, when they play, who, you know, who's who's on the pitch, who's not on the pitch. They just play the same way week in, week out. And um, it's, you know, it's been an impressive what they what they've been able to do. 
Following that win against NYCFC midweek, also scoring goals, Aaron Long scored a header. Then Danny Royer, towards the end when the, the game was pretty much out of reach, he banged one in in the 87th and 89th minute to make it a, their second straight 4-0 victory over them. They had their draw on Thursday, and they get Philadelphia, the Philadelphia Union, who they played last year at Red Bull Arena, and they beat in penalties. This year, they'll be down in um, Talon Energy Stadium, which is just outside of Philly, I think Chester. And that's Saturday, June 16th at 7 p.m. And now it starts adding up with the, the games. You have the game this Saturday night, tomorrow night, or depending if you're listening to us tomorrow, uh, later this evening. Then you have the game against Seattle at home at Red Bull Arena on Wednesday. Then you have this Philadelphia game next Saturday. Uh, just the importance, Alfredo, with now it will be five games in 15 days. And just with some guys out, and I know um, Tyler Adams, Tim Parker are out this Saturday because they're still with the, the U.S. team against uh, France. They'll be playing over in France. and. All right, so they probably maybe head back Sunday. I don't know if they'll, they'll be ready. Good to, they, they might be ready to, to go Wednesday night, but still, you're still going to be missing guys. And now Kalku is going to be out for this weekend too. Just the, really the importance of this first game against uh, Columbus, who's a rival right ahead of you compared to some of the other games when you might get guys back, but they might not be as important matches. Yeah, well, look, I am the belief that your most important game is always your next game, regardless of the opponent. Which I um, had written down that you would say that. But, <laughs> but I, I think that, uh, you know, I think that there were some experiments early in the season uh, with uh, rotating guys. Uh, and I think that Jesse Marsh had in mind or he had the foresight to see down the season and know that the u.s the 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 u.s open cup would be something that would congest their fixtures he obviously didn't think he was going to get nycfc uh in the first round but he certainly thought that there would be an opponent that would allow him to progress and as a result they would have another game he also saw how how the mls and or, or u.s soccer has scheduled uh, the fixtures for each of, of the competition. And he knew that these fixtures were going to be congested. So he started that rotation early. And I know that some of it had a lot to do with the CCL. But this is this is a team that Jesse Marsh uh, praises the depth for, right? And you also got guys who have been deputizing in the B team, getting some game, game rhythm. And this is the perfect time to test the the, the depth of this squad. Um, obviously, with the with the streak you had built and then given up points um to the revs uh and given up points to um the philadelphia before that uh was not an ideal situation but it's a long season and i think that uh being that uh the red bulls need to be in that uh, playoff zone uh the red bulls are not worried right now and they do have the depth uh to compete i just don't know uh how good that depth is going to be but it will be definitely be tested all right, so this Saturday night against the Columbus Crew, 5 p.m., going up against the Belmont Stakes, too. Belmont Stakes post time is probably around 6.45, close to 7. So this game's on ESPN. It would be nice if it was a little bit later in the evening, but so be it. This could be the last ever trip for the Red Bulls to Columbus. There's a lot of uncertainty around the Columbus Crew, whether they're going to stay in Columbus, move to Austin. Uh, the crew coming off, as I mentioned earlier, they had a 3-3 draw against Toronto FC where they were down 3-0 and rallied in the second half. 
to earn a point against the struggling defending MLS Cup champs. Um, there's a lot of firepower on this team's artists. Higuain, Mike Grella is back. He's just getting in back in the swing of things. I think he's got a goal so far this year. So just with the, with the attack that you'd see normally from from Columbus, they do have some dynamic players. It's This is probably sort of a game where instead of you know, really worrying about who you have on the on the back four, the back line, probably the importance of uh, possession is probably one of your best uh, defensive assets you could have going up against Columbus. How do they really do that just to be able to keep the ball away and maintain possession in a place on the road against Columbus, who's who's very you – know, can be a tough team at home, much like the United States on when they when they play there when they weren't good. Yeah, I, I think that the Rebels have the ability to keep the ball. Um, what I what I am concerned about is that uh, they do have the ability to do that, but there's still a little bit of of a learning process on how to slow down uh, the pace of the game uh, by doing some lateral movement and sometimes negative. Uh, movements rather than always going forward and i think that the red bulls have have shown themselves uh to be a team that's always looking to go forward with their possession and i think that when you face a, a columbus team uh that we've seen this year it's a game that there's times that you need to slow down the pace you need to keep possession you need to keep the ball at your feet uh and i think that if the red bulls do that they have a good chance uh of uh, of coming out of columbus with the three points one thing that uh, who will be returning for the Rebels, despite them missing players such as Adams and Parker, Mario Escobar, Kaku will be out this week. One player coming back, though, Luis Robles. Uh, it was announced yesterday. He was interviewed. He's saying he feels fine. It was just a matter of precaution probably these last few games that he missed. So just Ryan Mir has done, a, I think, a, an outstanding job in, in place of Luis Robles. But just... The boost that they get, though, what Robles means to his team, besides just his ability and goal, but just now he's their captain and just um, the presence he brings to them on the pitch, that, that, that's also uh, huge, especially going to a place like Columbus. Yeah, no, de definitely. Uh, it's a huge boost to get their, their captain back. Uh, I did see him at uh, Red Bull Arena um, on, on Wednesday. Uh, he looked fine. Uh, but, uh, look, uh, we, we spoke about that Miriam might get to start just because, uh, he is the guy that usually plays the U S open cup games. Uh, but, uh, you know, Evan Loro did get called up to the bench and, and, uh, and, uh, Robles didn't suit up. So, uh, will he be fine to go? Um, that's a, that's a question that, uh, will be answered, uh, when they play. Yeah, I think he will. I don't think they'd risk it. This is a guy that is the undisputed leader of this team. Um, a guy that, that, that what was it, the Ironman with the Red Bulls or something like that? Yeah, the league. Like? Well, in the league. Yeah. But also with the Red Bulls. Um, yeah. And it's always great when you get your captain and your leader back on the field and a guy that's such a great influence on his teammates. So uh, I'm glad to see that he's back. And, again, Alfredo, I I'm not sure they'd bring him back if he wasn't 100%. Yeah, I, I think mainly probably they didn't bring him back against New England, just going up on the field turf, which I know yeah. you love Cristiano and Alfredo as well. Yeah. So that was just pre pre precautionary. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't hey, plus, want to talk about the turf because that, that wasn't on our on our notes. Yeah, I know. But I, <laughs> but I, th I threw it in there beforehand when I set it up. They lost up on the field turf. So I figured 
You know, it's the stuff you got on your front lawns. So I know you're not really bad mouthing it anymore. Uh, <laughs> well, I also he probably didn't play against NYC just because they normally give the cup games to to Mira anyway, and they they probably knew he was coming back. So they do have this game against Columbus. Then they have the game. It's tough really to preview because you don't know what's going to happen this weekend and who's back for that Seattle game. But we probably won't meet before then. But then Seattle does come into town to Red Bull Arena next Wednesday night. I think it's like a 7.30 or 8 p.m. kickoff. I forgot which what's the time. Seattle is struggling a bit this year. 11th in the West, 8 points in uh, 11 games. They did have some uh, – uh, they were in the Champions League as well early in the year. But uh, it's been a struggle there with Seattle. So you don't know what uh, Seattle team you're going to get Wednesday night. Uh, you'd think the Red Bulls would be able to handle that, especially with uh, Seattle having to come all the way east. Just in some other quick Red Bull news before we sign off here, Red Bull 2 fell to defeat for the first time at Red Bull Arena this past weekend. They lost 2-1 to FC Cincinnati, who will be coming to MLS sometime soon. And that will be their last game at Red Bull Arena this year. They're moving into MSU Soccer Park on the campus of Montclair State. That's been under renovations. So they moved back there, and they'll be playing their first game there this year, Saturday night. 7 p.m. against the Charlotte Independents. Tyler Adams and Tim Parker, they got some playing time in the, the U.S. 2-1 friendly loss to Ireland over the Saturday. Um, I don't know if you guys really watched it. Yeah, they did all right. It's you know, friendly. They're probably drinking Guinness at halftime. Who knows what they're doing over there. And just one last thing. Uh, you, both of you guys are uh, talking about it beforehand before we came on the air. Um, it looks as if Patrick Vieira is going to be on his way out of NYCFC. Not that they're firing him, but it looks like he's going to be going over to France to take the job with Nice. Um, that could be announced. You've seen a lot of reports. It's pretty much a done deal. It could be announced over the weekend or early next week. Of course, they're not saying anything yet. But then the rumors, guys, also continue to swirl around Jesse Marsh his future with the New York Red Bulls and whether he might be heading over to the German side, Red Bull Leipzig. I know that um, he was asked again during the presser after the NYCFC game, and he pretty much gave a no comment, which you know, before he always said that he hasn't talked about that at all. He's been fully committed here in New York. And he, you know, he was asked about it again because there's some reports saying that he's going to take the job sometime this summer. And he just came out and said no comment. Now, he didn't come out again uh, – Alfredo and Christine come out this time and say, hey, I told you guys before, I'm focused right here. He just came out with a no comment. So you're wondering, you saw a lot of this stuff with Patrick Vieira, and now it's heading with Jesse Marsh. You wonder if this is something that's got a little more traction than just a a no comment remark. Look, just a a couple things that that I want to add before we go. I think that Patrick Vieira, NYCFC, announces before their, their game. Uh, I think that's a way of rallying the crowd behind the team and for the team to win one for Patrick Vieira. So take advantage of that. And in regards to Jesse Marsh, yes, he was asked that. And that was the last question. He he said no comment and he got up and went. So to me, uh, and if I'm a betting man and if he's to take over uh, Leipzig, it's going to be soon because the planning for the preseason has to start. Um, I don't know when Leipzig will start their season, but I believe that Benfica is starting the beginning of July. So that's only a few weeks away. So so if anything happens, will be in the next couple weeks that you hear something about Jesse Marsh if he is to move on. And on the Leipzig note, Tyler Adams has also been linked to a uh-huh. move to, to Leipzig. So, I mean, very interesting things right now surrounding 
the whole Red Bull brand and, and, and obviously New York Red Bull because it could definitely impact them losing a key player and losing a coach who's come in and uh, implemented a system and has gone along with uh, the development of tactical you know idea that this whole brand had and it's been fantastic. So um, I agree with you guys. Something The decision has to be made soon. Um, and on that matter, who would you say would replace him? Let's say he does go. Chris Armas? I guess he'd be the first one probably in midseason. Just someone who's used to his systems. I remember there was a rumors about him leaving and Armas was going to step in and be the coach. And Jesse came out at that convention and says, no, I'm still the, still the head coach here. So I would say it would probably be Armas at least to finish the year. And then they would, um, I guess, revisit the position in the offseason if he were to go. But you mentioned with Tyler Adams. He's someone else where you think that if he's going to go, it would be this summer. It wouldn't be something where they'd wait until the MLS season is done and then bring him over. They'd want to get him over there, get him in their system during a training camp and and get him acclimated to playing overseas. Because sometimes you see guys make the switch in the middle of the season, you see it even here when guys are coming over to MLS, it takes them the, the following year to really get settled in comfort. So he's someone where people think, oh, he could sign a deal, but then they loan him back for the rest of the year. I would think there would be more on the lines of if he signs, he's gone in you know June or July. Yeah, I think that the Red Bulls right now, they have re adequate replacements for Tyler Adams, so it wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. All right. Well, we shall see what happens this Saturday night. And then Wednesday, we'll probably get back together. Maybe uh, Thursday, we'll get it in there. We'll get one before the, the U.S. Open Cup on um, following Saturday. So we'll try to get together then. And I don't know. I'm going to try to maybe make it out there next Wednesday night. I haven't made it out to the – I've been watching all the games on MSG and ESPN, Fox Sports. I haven't been, been able to make it out and pick up my uh, credential. I wonder if it's still sitting there on the shelf there at the Red Bull Arena. I hope it is. But Cristiano, they sent it to Russia. Yeah, they sent it. Yeah, <laughs> too bad they didn't send me to Russia too. <laughs> All right, Cristiano, it was great talking to you again, buddy. I'm glad you were able to get through the traffic to to join us tonight. Yeah, Alfredo, it's always great talking to you again. Yeah, Mike. You guys enjoy the weekend. Uh, I don't know if you guys are betting on the Belmont Stakes. Dude, how many references are you gonna make to the Belmont Stakes, man? It's a triple crown going possibly. You have no, no United references, but but Belmont Stakes. Uh, off who the who hook, wants bro. to talk about? Who are they signed? A guy named Fred. Who? Fred Flintstone? They just signed. Come on. Oh my God, I can't even talk to these guys. Listen. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh, you don't know this guy. Oh, they signed yeah. a Portuguese guy. There you go. Herrera's better. You're right. The low. Yeah, Herrera's uh, better. Herrera. I know you love Herrera. Yeah, sure. No, no, I think Fred is good, but I'm going, all right, yeah, they signed him. He's still like up line city, you know? All right, for Alfredo Fumasas, Cristiano Oliver, I'm Mike Corbett. Thanks once again for listening to the Full of Bulls podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at FOBS Podcast, on Instagram at Full of Bulls, and visit our Facebook page and subscribe on iTunes. This has been a presentation of the Full of Bulls Podcast. Thank you for listening.